Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This segment of the podcast is called Cosmos Reading Corner. Today we're going to be reading from Yoga Mind. It's a journey beyond the physical. It's a book by Suzanne Cologne, and it's a 30-day to enhance your practice and revolutionize your life from the inside out. Why I chose this book, it more focuses on the meditation aspect of this podcast and the focus and how you might see meditation and yoga as a physical practice and how I would love to introduce the mindful aspect behind it as well. So Yoga Mind is a great book for that uh, introduction. Bit of a pretext about the book, Suzanne had a friend who um, broke his neck and from that fall, the friend was now wheelchair bound. Susan has recently, or Suzanne has recently become a yoga teacher and always felt that through yoga she can help other people um, develop the love and practice of the mind and body connection. Basically teach anybody yoga. I'm going to start with day one because it is a 30-day practice to enhance and revolutionize your life from the inside out. And day one is called Sankalpa, setting an intention, making a spiritual resolution. I think this is perfect timing because we're sitting here at the end of the year and um, one of the things that people do around this time is come up with a resolution and ways to start over or do better. So let's read what Suzanne has written in this book for us today and um, maybe we can use it as um, a talking point to the podcast later on. Each January, I made the list. Lose five pounds? Nope, make it ten. Well, start with five and see how you do. Go to the gym. Take up running. Maybe when the weather gets warm. Get the book on the new diet, which depending on the year and fad, would be low calorie, low fat, low carb, vegetarian, vegan, paleo, etc. And by the first week of March, the list would be sticking out of the first quarter of the Mostly Unread Diet book, right next to my unused sneakers. My intentions were good, but my New Year's resolution never stuck, or never stuck. San Calpaz, on the other hand, never failed. Wheelchair be damned, with each visit to the hospital over the next two weeks, Francesco and I slipped right back into the routine we'd had at work. We gossip. We talked about who gotten a new job, who had broken up with whom, and other news about former colleagues and celebrities. None of it was mean-spirited, and I knew my yoga teachers would have given me a pass on the not very spiritual activity of gossiping if they'd seen the relief on Francesco's mother's face when she heard him laughing. Nani, a variation of the Italian word nana, or grandmother, spoke only Italian and didn't understand what we were talking about. But her grandson's laughter, music that cut through the crisis, was universal. On my long walk home from the hospital, though, I wept. The shocking near loss of my friend, and one so young, had left and was replaced by a new sadness, helpless frustration. I'd become a yoga teacher so I could help people. I'd been especially drawn towards helping people who thought yoga wasn't accessible to them, seniors or elders, as they were respectfully called at Integral Yoga, as well as people with arthritis 
and other debilitating conditions and illnesses. I wanted to show them that anyone could do yoga. Would that turn out to be would that turn out to mean anyone but Fran and all other people in his ward who were wa- who were waking up each day to the new reality of limbs that didn't move anymore and machines that breathed for them? That wasn't something I would accept. Some things had to be acknowledged. It was a fact that Francesco was gravely injured. He had an incomplete spinal cord injury meaning that his spinal cord had not been completely severed. To the, degree that his, to the degree that his had, though, doctors felt it was unlikely he would, be, he would use his hands and arms or legs again. Things we take for granted, like getting up to go to the bathroom or picking up a cup of coffee for a sip, were now for Francesco, even in the same language, even in the same league as climbing Mount Everest. But the idea that yoga couldn't help him was something I wouldn't even consider. I was a true believer in the power of yoga to help injuries of all types, physical, emotional, or spiritual. Not cure necessarily, but improve the lives of people working with them. I'd personally seen amazing things during my years of practicing at Integral Yoga, a place that attracted not just the young and healthy, but elders who took the elevator because their arthritic knees wouldn't let them climb the stairs. As part of my teaching training, I'd taken a, I'd taken a gentle yoga class that included a 90-year-old woman whose aide brought her into the room in a wheelchair. The aide eased her onto a setup of bolsters and blankets that the teacher had prepared on a yoga mat. There, this beautiful elder lifted her arm, the only part of her body she was able to move, gracefully in time with the rest of the students doing modified poses. The smile she wore throughout the class dissolved any doubt that might have remained in me and released it through tears of wonder. That woman, that beautiful elder, who could barely move, was doing yoga. And so I resolved, could Fran, Fran could do yoga. There was a way, there had to be. I just couldn't see it yet. I had faith that it would be revealed. In the meantime, I did what I could. I set a San Kalpal. And I'm saying it like that because I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. San Kalpal. Yoga's version of a resolution, a San Kalpal, or San Kalpal, is different from the promises we made to ourselves each January. Hey, look at that. It's less of a rigid, ironclad mandate and more of an intention. What makes a San Kalpal more effective than a resolution is that it's usually directed towards someone other than ourselves. Hmm, interesting, interesting. At the start of many integral yoga classes, the teacher would instruct students to place the palms of their hands together at their hearts in what looked like a prayer. Now, now if you like, you can set a sankalpal, an intention, the teacher would offer. You can dictate your practice today to someone in need. Or, if you need extra help with something, set your sankalpal toward that. 
I was intrigued by this word that seemed equal parts promise, resolution, and intention, yet more powerful than any of them. Further resonant, under, further resonant understanding came via things from Swami teachings. All right, let's read that over again. Further resonant understanding came from the teachings from Swami, the teacher or the founder of Integral Yoga. Don't have the word impossible in your vocabulary, he told his students. Stand up and make an affirmation. He described a sankalpa as a strong decision and a pure thought based on the welfare of others. Then, he said, your sankalpa will be firm. An estimated 40% of American makes 40% of Americans make New Year's resolution, but research from the University of doesn't really matter suggests that the percentage of people who achieve what they set out to do is a measly 8%. The reason vary as to why. The goals may be too large, like too um, too much of a life makeover, or too vague, like getting in shape versus getting uh, specific, like training to run a 5K or to walk a 5K. Swami's words presented another possible explanation. My resolution had always focused on me, losing weight, finding a boyfriend, getting a better paying job, writing a book. There were nothing wrong with any of these goals, but because they were all about me, it was more or it was uh it was also as easy to break them as to make them when a to make them work. All right, man, let's read that again. And there was nothing wrong with any of these goals, but because they were all about me, it was also as easy to break them as to make them when the work of doing them got too hard. I hadn't tried making a resolution for someone else's benefit before, and I couldn't imagine, say, giving up on Francesco. After my long, thoughtful walk home from the hospital, I arrived at the building where I lived, in Manhattan's neighborhood, near Gramercy, Gramercy, Gramercy Park, but not as Chi-Chi and close to the East Village, but not as cool. When I got inside my front door, I reflectively took off my shoes, a habit learned from the ashram, which is a place of worship. I fed Ethel, my black and white kitty, and almost without thought, I went straight to my yoga mat and sat down. I lit a candle on a little altar I had made from a box cover with a pretty shawl. I sat and let my awareness rest on my breathing, for a few minutes. I didn't know exactly how this was supposed to go. Some yoga ceremonies would be pretty elaborate with uh, special garments and chants and some and whatnot. But when I'd made my Sankalpal in class, it had been as simple as making a wish on a birthday. I'm going to help Francesco, I thought, as I brought my hands together in the prayer position. Then I added, help me to help him. Show me the way. The following week, the answer came. All right, take a quick pause real quick. So we're reading that she visits, visits Francesco a lot. And through that, she's begging and praying and now using a son called Paul 
to make intentions on how she's going to help him. The following week later, it came. Prior to that, though, we have the studies from the American Association, yada, yada. And we also have that um, the idea between a resolution and this son called Paul is that we're taking the focus off of ourselves and somewhat bringing it to others how we want to help them or position ourselves to help them. All right, continuing on. So the book is separated or the chapters are separated in two ways. Um, you get a story, I guess a backstory, and then you get something called a yoga mind practice. This is the part I'm going to read to you now. Yoga mind practice. Setting your sankalpa. In yoga, a sankalpa is a strong intention, usually in service to someone else. That doesn't mean you can't set a sankalpa for yourself, but more often than not, what benefits you will have a positive effect on others. You might set an intention to quit smoking or start exercising three times a week for the benefit of someone you love and who loves you. Your being healthier will make them happier. You can set a san kalpal to manage your work hours differently so you can spend more time with your children for them as well as for you. Now you've probably figured out the true power behind the san kalpal. What makes it so effective and gives its fuel to last is love. We may give up easily on promises made to others, but we're far more likely to keep a promise that we help um, that we help someone or something we care about deeply. So again, using the sun kalpa as an intention to help others, because that's where it's more powerful, and us kind of leaving or putting that pulling putting that out into the universe, leaving that out in the universe and forcing us in a positive, loving way, because that's the driving energy behind this, to be more supportive to that person so we can be more aligned with our uh, work and work and our desires. All right, let me continue reading. When teaching yoga asana, the physical postures, an instructor will make adjustments with the gentlest touch possible. Here as well, an attitude of gentleness will bring about the most positive, least painful change. For example, hardcore workout regiments are often quickly abandoned because they're just too brutal. But you're more likely to stick with a form of fitness you enjoy, even if it takes longer to show results, because you look forward to it. Be gentle with yourself. With this gentle attitude in mind, close your eyes and let your awareness arrest on your breathing for a few moments. Allow yourself to consider parts of your life where you'd like to cultivate positive change and then the good these changes might bring to others. If you'd like to start a fitness program, think of the joy your family would feel about you being healthier and living longer. If you'd like to get a new job, Think of the benefit your skills could bring to a company that needs them. When your intentions are for the good of others, you can easily see how what is helpful to you would be helpful to them. It's a win-win situation. Now imagine those benefits rippling outward. One of my students, Kay, began her goal of losing weight and getting fit to, so she could set a good example for her daughter. They began working out together, and soon Kay's husband wanted to join in too. The whole family got fit and healthier, 
all because Kay's intention to give her daughter a positive influence. Your actions have a ripple effect. Someone seen, sometimes seen, sometimes not, yet all important. Now compose your son Kalpal or your son Kalpa using positive, encouraging language and set it by working it down, by writing it down on the first page of your journal. If you have, if you don't have a journal, you should have one. All right. If you wish, you can turn this practice into a spiritual ceremony by lighting a candle and placing flowers, uh, writing this stuff down on a table, putting intentions, adding photos of the person or a place or thing you want. It's yours, but it's powerful, and it's your intention out in the universe. San Kalpa. Your writing out the San Kalpa can be as short as a single sentence or as long as a paragraph. You don't need to go into great details because the divine light within you, in your heart, knows your true intention. All right, that's the end of day one. That was a beautiful day. Intentions, resolutions, intentions, San Kalpa. I love the way that's pronounced or even um, brought into brought into definition. The idea of thinking of others and having a stronger intention of being more of a reflection to the world that you're a part of, more than in it being such a me, 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 I, I, I. Thanks for listening to Cosmos Reading Corner. We'll get back to the podcast next next Sunday. And we'll talk more about the idea of the yoga mind on the next Cosmos Reading Corner. Talk to you soon. Every day we have the ability and opportunity to create a more accepting world by actively coming together and living inclusively. Even small acts of inclusion can have a big impact on making others feel loved and accepted. As an immigrant, I came here at a young age and having friends and feeling accepted was a big part of my life growing up. Biases and discriminations are some of the most pressing issues facing our nation. While the vast majority of Americans consider themselves unprejudiced, many of us unintentionally make snap judgments about people based on what we see, whether it's the race, age, gender, religion, sexuality, or ability. Because most people don't see themselves as part of the problem, they don't recognize that they can be part of the solution. Before anything else, we're all human. Start a conversation to create deep connections. Consider whose voices are heard and not represented. Incorporate diverse perspective into the conversations. Use inclusive, appropriate, and respectful language. Consider your actions and reactions. Ask yourself if you ever avoid people of racial or religious groups on the street. Ask yourself if you ever found yourself staring at people with disabilities or looking away and making them feel invisible. This is a call to action. Learn how you can come together at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council.